Welcome to episode 22 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for sharing tips, apps, and gear for iPhone and iPad, along with related technologies that get us using iOS in fun, productive, and meaningful ways. I'm your host, Melissa Davis, and joining me as always is Dave, oops, I did it again, Ginsburg. How are you, Dave? <laughs> I'm doing great, Melissa. How are you? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just have to tease you, but I know you can take it. So, (laughs) well, at least this time I didn't keep it. So we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) Well, let's talk about our current software version, shall we? This is kind of like the the housekeeping segment of the show. Yes. Um, First off was uh, iOS uh, 11.2.6. And that was a bug fix. Um, the The Telugu, the Telugu. A character mm-hmm. bug. It looks, yeah, it looks like Telugu. Yeah, I um, I saw uh, everything Mac, Apple Pro, our, our uh, the guy who has five million viewers on uh, YouTube that does everything, including has every iPhone he ever ever made. Uh, did a video and he sh- and he actually talked about it as well as it's been all over the internet. Um, that uh, this this character, anytime you would type it in, it was it was an Indian character that you type. Mm. It would it would actually f- cause the uh, phone to reboot. Uh, sometimes it actually caused the phone to just crash. It would crash the ma- the messages app. It would stop the message app from working. So it was it was a pretty it was a pretty bad uh, pretty, pretty bad bug. So um, so Apple, is that the character that they have in the screenshot there? So that's just yeah. one character. Yeah, oh, one wow. character that did it. Yeah, crazy, huh? It's it's pretty, but I can imagine people probably use some of these characters when they make those um, what were they called emoticons you know the the sideways smiley face that we used to have right right before so because i was thinking to myself i was like well when would this ever affect us if we're not using an indian language to text but yeah, but someone I could, could send see it how, to you. yeah kids like to use alternative characters and stuff so i right. could see how somehow it might you should just update your phone regardless so actually in in the notes from from apple it said that it fixed an issue where certain character sequences could cause apps to crash which that's what the one it was and fixing an issue where some third-party apps could fail to connect to external accessories. Yeah, I saw that one too. Where what would happen? Yeah, I did see would, that. Would hook up a just any other accessory that you know it works. Says, oh, it can't work. It doesn't work with this device. I'm like, what are you nuts? Mm-hmm. So they they had already fixed this in iOS 11.3, which of course is in beta. Uh, but uh, Apple, in their infinite wisdom, realized, you know what? We better release this now and not let this just do any further because there's a lot of people unhappy with uh, with is happening so they released that i would go out make sure you get the update right away it's a small update on ios uh i think it only took maybe 10 10 minutes or so yeah this was a nice I, short one unlike some of the other ones this was yeah. nice and short and sweet yeah. and to the point versus yeah, i'm glad i'm glad i know about that accessory thing now because i i did experience that i had you know your i just usually get like a standard amazon cable to leave in the car for right. plugging stuff in because you know like a neanderthal i still plug it in and <laughs> uh charge it while i'm driving because i've said before in arizona things get murdered in the sun and the heat out here so right. i don't like to spend a lot of money on uh quote-unquote accessory cables or anything so anyway i noticed that i had plugged it into my my cigarette lighter charger and it said it was no longer compatible and i thought oh crap so i thought it was just a cable so mm-hmm. i swapped out the cable and now it works to charge again but now what i'm going to do is go back and this should tell me now right. if i still get that error then it's going to let me know that the cable was in fact bad 
Right. Because if this if this really truly addresses that bug and that cable's still good, then I shouldn't get that message anymore. So so people be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. So I used to always just give up and just all right, chuck the cable, you know, throw it in the trash or something. Because like I said, I don't I don't spend a lot of money on on you know cables right. that are not being used inside the home. Um, so be be on the lookout for that. So so test it out before you before you trash that cable. Go in and update your phone to this this latest version, and yep. then see if your cable still works. Now usually those cables aren't Apple certified because they can't sell them unless they have the certified logo on them. That's, so that's true. It's unusual, that's true. Unusual why those uh, cables would give you grief. But yeah, and this was I, an Amazon like basics cable that yeah. was actually um, I think I spent a little bit more money on it because it had like a better coating or something like that. So and it, it had rave reviews on it. So it's not like it was you know cheaply made, even though the price was really good on it. Yeah, I'll mention real quickly since you're talking about cables. Um, you know, MacSales.com OWC they they actually sell um, the real McCoy Apple cables for a lot less. You can I've picked them up for like nine bucks. Well, and that's interesting you brought that up because the cable that I have out in my car right now is from OWC, and I love it because it's the braided cable. Oh, that's a different one, yep. Yeah, I, I just I love how durable that one is. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, let's uh, move, move on to, uh, to the other updates. Uh, Apple Watch was also updated to Watch OS 4.2.3. It also fixed that uh, Telugu bug. It was because it would cause the iMessages app to crash and uh, – uh, that's basically what it says that uh, it was out there. And, uh, of course, that uh, will get seceded by watchOS 4.3 when that when that comes out at the same time as 11.3. Uh, that's Again, those, all those updates are looking to be coming out in the spring. Um, so There's a bug that I experience on my Apple Watch I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll get a notification that will come through, and it'll do this really weird jittery thing like it's having a seizure it'll just mm. kind of keep like going up and down and up and down and up and down really really fast and it doesn't actually reveal the text like it it can't keep up with itself mm-hmm. so i'm wondering now that i've applied this i wonder if if that will go away so i'll have to report back on that and i yeah. wonder if anybody else has experienced that yeah give us if you uh, send us an email if you uh if you've experienced any issues with uh, uh with that on the apple watch i have not experienced that so it's that's kind of strange I forgot what our email address is. No, I didn't actually, but questions I at <laughs> in touch with iOS.com. No, I'm sorry. Feedback at in touch with iOS.com. Sorry, wrong podcast. <laughs> we got to give a shout out to our friends at Mac Geek Gab because they're a good influence on us. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so you can email them, but you can also email us at feedback at in touch with iOS.com. Yes. And we do read all your emails because we don't get that many of them. So no, we, we kind of jump on more. it. <laughs> we need some more. We're lonely. But we know yes. you're listening out there, which is great. Yes. Um, so then uh, the last one was TVOS. And as, as always, it's never – it's very uneventful. Uh, just bug which fixes. Which is good. Which is good, this I guess. It's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, which is some bug fixes. And, uh, and again, there, there's there's another update for – that's uh, 11.3 for TVOS is slated for the spring as well. So, um, But, yeah, that's that's the updates that have happened uh, since uh, since we last spoke. So I guess let's dig in and talk about the HomePod, right? The HomePod that you, that you, you know. Five <laughs> days he, of HomePod. That's, that's so he goes out, he buys episode. it and he, and he texts me and he goes, I have a problem. And I say, you <laughs> I, know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> and I was not shocked. Of it. With a picture of it. But I did find some Christmas money, so you know it wasn't like all all, all, all was lost. And of course, discussed it with my with the wife first, and she's like, "Yeah, well, if you really want it, let's let's do it." And so, 
Yeah. The one thing I didn't experience since everybody was probably seeing that's been, you know, so we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks is the ring did not show up on my, my, my wood furniture. So I was at least safe for that. I didn't have to clean that off. Uh, but uh, no, the HomePod is, it's a, it's a neat device. I, I, I really was very impressed at how it's built. I mean, it's, it's very heavy, very dense. It had, yeah. had, had the, the mesh that's on the, on that. I don't know if anybody, we probably should put it in the show notes. Uh, the tear down by iFixit, uh, showing uh, them tearing it down. It was near impossible to crack open. I mean, wow. They, they actually had to use a hacksaw to cut it, to get open. Oh, so, I did see that. That's right. So, oh, God, so of course, so you know, the repairability is a one out of 10. Um, mm. So, but it, it's, it's, it's insanely impressive as far as the you know with the different with the amount of speakers it has the sound is just amazing it's incredible um, Siri in itself was very very responsive um, and when when you I was you know, across the room I was able to to, to ask uh, hey you uh, mm-hmm. that 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 it, that it worked and it worked beautifully um, now that that in itself is great now it it does have um, it is part of the Apple ecosystem. Let's face it; they 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 are not allowing any access to it beyond iPhone um, or iPod Touch um, at this time, and uh, and and it's a device that uh, that that does allow you to uh, to play music for, through the Apple Music Store. So, I mean, that's great. I'm an Apple Music subscriber, so I mean, I was happy with that. So i so I sat for the few few days and started playing with it and. It's very responsive. We have a link in the show notes for David Pogue's review, his short review of it, and he's definitely kind of agreeing when I'm with agreeing here. You know, I, I really wanted to give it a, a chance. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to. This, no, I, I took one for the team here for for, mm-hmm. for you podcast <laughs> listeners, uh, so you kind of at least get get my insights about it. As I but said, I'm so I, proud of you that you actually took the time to send it back, though, because I think that that sends a message that I bet yeah. you you're not the only one. No. I bet there and are I, a lot of people who are getting them. You know, you kind of can't resist the pull. You go start scraping the coin out of the, the sofa cushions, you know, no, <laughs> trying and, to and, pull things together know, and justify purchasing <laughs> it. And you get it. And then, you know, but I'm really proud of you because you you, you stood your ground and you tried right. it. You took one for the team. You you scratched that itch. You wanted to see what it was all about. Right. And you found that it really just didn't fit fit your needs or yeah. that you have other tools that fit your needs even better than this one. And you took it back. And I think well, that that is going to register in the database to Apple and they're going to see that and they're right. going to say, hmm, you know, maybe we need to put some more value into this product. No. And as I said in the previous episode, I said, you know, this, this device is a beta device. Even Dave, Dave Hamilton from uh, Mac Geek, mm-hmm. he said the same thing. And, but you know, Dave's also a, a musician and knows a lot about sounds and music. So I mean, yes. he's more appreciative to it too. And also he has a bigger budget than I do, but that's other besides the point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he's very in tune, but, but he's pun in tune. intended <laughs> that with, with the right. sound quality and he's got the other things to compare it to as far as sound quality is concerned. And I've heard other people and Jeff Gamet also said too, that I would argue that not just the speakers alone, but the microphones in this thing are outstanding. I think he said he put it full volume and it still heard him. And like, I'm, you know, I'm in the bathtub with my phone and I'm like screaming at Hey phone lady to to play some music, you know, and she can't hear me over the podcast or whatever, or whatever it is that I'm listening to. So I hope that that gets improved in the future as well. I cranked it to a hundred percent. I love, and I love when you you say, Hey, you uh, turn Uh the volume all the way up to a hundred percent. Are you sure? What did you play? Um, what did I play? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have I have a thing. It might have been Maroon Five. Oh, I think it was a Maroon Five song. Oh, that's a good example. That um, is cool. Yeah. Uh, so it, uh, yeah. So it, I mean, it cranked up, but 
I'm telling you, Melissa, it was not distorted at all. You expect, I mean, wow. on, nothing blew out, huh? On, on, on the Amazon Echo, for sure, it doesn't. When it's cranked up 100, it, it's okay. It's not distorted or anything, but it's not great. I on, bet you Opera this, has got the sound incredible on that thing. On, yeah, on this on, on this HomePod, it, it 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 I could not believe it that that. So I'll, I'll definitely put a number one with Apple. You guys did an amazing job with the sound. The speakers are insane. They're really good. I'm very impressed. And the microphones are microphones incredible. very 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 responsive. Like I said, I was all the way across the room, and other people have done um, demonstrations and showing the, the 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 sound waves around the device. I mean, it, you can be mm. a pretty far distance and tell 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 mm. her to, to 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 play your music for you. But again, I, I will have listed in the show notes here of, of a lot of the cons. So first off, I mean, what if you what if you're not an Apple Music subscriber? I can't expect everybody to be. You can't use Spotify. Well, you kind of can use Spotify. There's, there, I guess there's a way around it because the thing is the way the HomePod works is it, it it's accessible using the HomeKit uh, app. So mm-hmm. when you're in the HomeKit app, that's that's where the HomePod is accessible. So you can make changes and that, that's how it actually uh, pairs with your iPhone. Um, so when you go in there to pair it, it's paired with the HomeKit uh, app. Um, so there are ways, you know, if, if the built-in app has a way of being able to airplay to it. Now, again, it was more designed to, for airplay too, which still hasn't come out yet. Uh, but uh, for some of the things that it can, it can airplay to it. So there were some apps that even a lot of the podcast apps I could airplay. Uh, I could airplay it to uh, uh, to the HomePod, no problem. Uh, but SiriusXM, if you're a subscriber to SiriusXM, nope, you're out of luck. Android user. So, so for the podcast, it, you had to airplay it, but you couldn't just you couldn't just get the HomePod to just play a podcast you could, for you from the directory. You could from the podcasts app, sure. I mean, you could on your ask phone, it, though. Uh, no, I mean, you could ask it uh, if I, I don't know if you have to be subscribed to it or not in the podcast app in order for it to play. I did not. So this try is that. all completely voice controlled. Like you really Correct. have to use your imagination to navigate. Correct. An OS that you can't really see. Correct. Yeah. So, so that's that does those are those are those are how it is able to in, engage. Um, the other thing was it doesn't recognize other t- people's voices. It, it, it all thinks uh, everybody's see, the same. That would be so, a problem in my house. I, I would. Uh, I have a serious issue with, with you know. I turned it off right away. Is you know you wanted to be able to link your your, your messages to it. Send a message to whoever. Well, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who says it. It's going to send a message to whoever on your phone. Oh God, my kids would have. They'd oh, have yeah. a field you, you, day with that. If, if somebody you don't want them. To, be bugging the heck out of somebody they could do some serious damage really quickly so mm. I, mean, I promptly turned that off but um i mean again beta 1.0 you can't it doesn't distinguish other people's voices so it, hmm. it so it, it it's getting it's gonna think whoever's saying it, it's gonna happen hmm. um so uh the again android who cares i don't know nobody here listens to as on android <laughs> i'll be honest with you um, free phone calls. It doesn't, it won't all make you phone calls. It won't allow you to do, um, add things to your can- calendar. Uh, those are just some of many of the things. I mean, there's so many things that I, and I mean, I've had the Amazon echo for, you know, since it basically came out and it doesn't come anywhere near what, what that device does. Granted. Yeah, I agree. The, I have the echo plus and the echo plus got good sound, but nothing comes close to this HomePod. I mean, mm-hmm. other than if you co- compare it to the other ones, like the Sonos Home and some of those higher-end speakers, even they were comparing it to the Google Home uh, Max speaker, which is actually $50 more than uh, the HomePod. And they were saying that one, some some people were comparing that one, saying that that was a, uh, a little better quality sound. Um, but I said, with my experience, my five days of experience with the HomePod, um, I, I felt the sound was just amazing. 
absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. So, I mean, I'm glad I tried it out. I'm glad that I could at least, you know, get a feel of it. I mean, because you, when you go into the store, you don't, you, you know. Oh, yeah, there's no comparison. The, the funny thing is, too, when I was when I went into the store, and I'm, my local store in Woodfield, Illinois, in Schaumburg, uh, of course, I'm becoming a celebrity because every time I walk in there, I guess, <laughs> I'll shout out to Tracy at the, at the Apple store because she every hey, time Tracy. she sees me, she, she always says to me, I, have, I, I know you from the podcast. I listen. I can't wait to. Then so she saw me by it. Then she was there again the five days later when I returned. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to listen to this episode. So Tracy, I, I remembered <laughs> you telling me that. So I hope, hope now you're getting to hear what the my thoughts were uh and but he'll um, be back don't worry tracy he'll well, be back I, I don't think she has to worry uh i'm always in next door uh so you know so i mean but that kind of tells them something realizing that uh that, that you know i i gave him i gave it a shot because you know you know me i think I it's was, all very constructive feedback it is i have to say you know when you were talking in the beginning about how it's very limited to the apple only ecosystem right Uh, I'm going to sound, I'm going to risk sounding like a total Apple snob, which I really try not to be, but I really kind of hope it stays that way. And I'll tell you why, because in between the time that we've recorded and the time that you have gotten this, I think I told you this, maybe I told somebody else. I think I told you this. I did help one of my pair of clients set up their brand new, uh, I don't want to use the wrong words. Uh, it was an, it was an echo. It was the taller version, not the, not the dot. No, the echo Um, plus, the echo plus. I don't even think it was the Echo Plus, to be honest with you, but it was one of those things where one of their children had gotten them for a gift, you Mm -hmm. know, very thoughtful. Uh, But these people are are in their 70s and 80s and, you know, they they like new shiny things and they were very intrigued by it and they were told what it could do. And they had, you know, their kind of expectations of of what they wanted it to be able to do. And so they asked me for help with setting it up. Mm -hmm. Well, because I am kind of a very exclusive Apple ecosystem kind of a person, there are times when I do dabble with third-party stuff. You know, that's, of course, part of, of the deal. I have to be flexible and be able to learn how to get around the stuff. I was not happy uh, trying to set this up for them because oh. you, it, there were skills. It had You need to have skills. You have to install these things. Like one of the things that the client wanted to be able to do was find her lost phone. I was like, okay, let's see if we can do that. And sure enough, you know, I, I it just took a really quick Google search and a really quick, you know, evaluation of, of an app. And yeah. I think it was the tracker. Have you used this tracker app or the tracker skill, I guess? For, it is. for the Echo? Yeah, I guess you don't really need it because, I mean, we have Finder iPhone, right? And, right. I, and I've taught them how to use that. And it's a – but just comparing apples to oranges here, literally, I mean, the the experience in an Apple ecosystem and in, in that is exclusive to Apple is just so much smoother and so much nicer. And I get why people complain, you know, oh, Apple is doomed and oh, they're not doing a good good job and they're releasing things out to the public before they're ready. Yeah, I get that. It's definitely not misplaced anger or disappointment. However, now that I've had an opportunity to sit down and try to set up a brand new device, I was really not happy with that user experience, that experience at all of having to try to scramble to get apps and and tasks and skills. And like you had to learn this other vernacular and then you had to verify. And then just like you were talking about how it only recognizes the one voice. Well, we tested this out. You know, we got it to work. It found the iPhone, like it said. In fact, like you were saying, too, I'm just kind of comparing things that Mm -hmm. you were talking about, how it called. It called the phone, you know, and and it rang it. Well, once we got it set up, we're like, this is great. Now we set it up for the spouse. And it turns out you could only do one 
phone at a time. It will only whichever. Oh. And luckily we did her second. So it just sticks to whatever the last device that was registered, the mm -hmm. last phone. So when we went to try to locate the husband's phone, it wasn't going to have it because it was now registered to the wife's phone. Mm. So that was a big disappointment. And it was like, yeah, I understand that the HomePod can't do these things yet, but when it can do it and, and that day will come, I, I am, I really believe that yeah, I believe it, it will, will get there. It's just not there yet. It's, you know, it's great if, if people are going to buy this for the speaker quality and the limited things that it can do, Hey, go ahead. You'd go drop that coin on it and, beta test it for the rest of us and, you know, do your thing. It'll, it's only going to improve. And the constructive criticism that we're giving it right now is only going to improve it so that when the time does come, maybe this time next year, we'll be, we'll have a different tune and we'll be able to say, yeah, it's great at finding my kid's lost iPhone. It now recognizes you can train your voice to, so that it recognizes multiple voices, all those things. Hopefully it'll be able to do. I mean, we'll have, we'll have a long laundry list of stuff. You know, it'll be one of those things where, well, the Amazon Echo can do this. What can HomePod do for me? And it's just, it's really, you know, lacking. But I think there's good reason for that. I think that Apple's really taking their time and crafting the experience so that when we do get those those features on board, it's not going to suck like it did this time when I experienced it with the Amazon Echo. I mean, it was just once we got it going, mm -hmm. it was great. And I have to say, I mean, I'm not super, super picky about the sound. I mean, I do appreciate good sound. And in fact, I've been actually excited listening to people talk about the types of music that they've been testing on the HomePod and the reasons for why. And a couple of people, I think I, I tweeted it and um, our friend Alistair from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Hi, Alistair. Hi. He, he texted me a link to, and this was what was great, was people were texting me links to a song in the iTunes store that I could th go and listen to a sample. And so it's a really great way to kind of explore what people are listening to. And, oh, yeah, listen to the range of all those sounds and bass and treble. And, yeah, I can see why you use that as a a test song. You know, it's like I come from the graphics world where it's all visual right. and, you know, we'd always have these test patterns that we would run through a printer so that you could see the quality of how the ink got laid down on the paper and the absorption and the saturation and the color. And it's like people are doing that with their ears by testing these certain songs on the on the HomePod. Um, that they're playing. And so it's just interesting to see. That's why I asked you, I was like, well, which one did you crank to a hundred? You know, I want to know what does, what song it was. I think uh, Jeff Gamet was playing dark side of the moon. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's, oh, I would just love to see what that, what that sounded like. Even just standing outside someone's house, it's got to sound amazing. I was, I was trying to think about all the Led Zeppelin songs that I throw <laughs> at it <laughs> or the, the Eagles songs that yeah. I throw at it. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for people that have them yeah, and too. I'm even more excited for the future of what is to come for the for the home pod like i said i keep when i say ipod no, no. uh you know i'm not gonna say never someday maybe maybe i'll get ones but you I'm, know, I'm glad i was able to at least take one for the team five days with it and uh, sure. give you guys my my serious uh, input on it beyond just what we read um because and it's very important that that people test these things out and yeah. you get, you know, advice from, from people who've had it in their home. And I mean, you put it through its paces. You, you right. did a lot of tests with it because you have the other devices too. Right. So you kind of know what you would like to expect from a, a personal home assistant. And, you know, it didn't really, it wasn't up to snuff this time around, but that's not right. to say that that won't change in the future. I, I still do wonder though, what, 
what the future holds for a device like this in a family environment. I, I wonder. That has been always kind of a sticking point when it comes to uh, Apple devices that aren't a Macintosh because they're kind of like, you know, one person owned devices. I mean, would it, do they expect that families, which are, you know, pretty, let's just amaze, let's just admit it, we're pretty strapped for cash just because we're a family. Mm-hmm. Um, do they expect like people to, like a, a mom and a dad to have their own home pods? And then like, how's that going to work? So yeah, I just, I wonder. I wonder where on the Apple team are there people who have families that are testing this stuff out? Are they testing it out with senior citizens? Are they testing it out with little kids? I mean, we know that they've been in the education arena for a long time and then that kind of sort of not so much. Mm -hmm. I'd really like to see that come back. And I'd like to see HomePod being tested a little bit more thoroughly in a family environment, in a a multi-user environment at least. I agree. So. Anyway, that's uh, that was really my insights, our insights about the HomePod. We talked about it briefly last episode, but I thought, well, what the heck? We got we got a nice, good uh, uh, sort of information, so you guys can make a uh, informative choice if you decide to go with it. And in closing, I'll just mention, like I said, if you if you already have a speaker, then I think it's probably going to be a no brainer. I would probably say wait for 2.0. But if this mm-hmm. will be your first speaker and you're looking to get into the into this ecosystem with uh, with speakers, I mean, boy, this is a great choice to start off with. I definitely would say that. I, I tell you what, if I didn't have an Amazon device, I mean, I would probably have put more or less would have probably would have kept it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I could I could see it happening in my future and in, in yeah. the very distant future and depending on finances, right. I could see I personally I would probably be pretty ripe for a device like this because I am very I'm pretty much Apple exclusive, so it would kind of fit yeah, with me. But I. again, I also have a family with little kids. So, you know, yeah, it, it just it, it will remain to be seen. Yeah. Or so heard. let's uh, let's move on to the next topic. Now, you you uh, just uh, did this yesterday, so it's fresh in your mind. You uh, you actually talked to uh, we all love our Apple user groups. And um, I have mine here in Chicago, suburban Chicago Apple users that I'm the president of. And then you attended the, the Tucson the mug, I guess the tea mug. Uh, tea mug, yep. And you uh, talked about, uh, we've been talking about at great length for the last few episodes, is uh, about podcasts and podcast apps. Yeah, and- so, um, you know, we call this podcast In Touch with iOS because we really right. want it to be a resource for people to be able to learn how to better use their devices. You know, I really would like people to be able to use an iOS device like it's a really awesome toaster. You know, right. what does it do? It makes your toast. You don't have to think about it. It just kind of does what it needs to do and it gets out of the way. Right. A lot of people really struggle with this and podcasts is one of those areas where people have been struggling for quite some time for how to be able to even get this information to their ear holes in the first place. Um, what what tipped me off on this a long time ago, I think it was this time last year, I went to visit uh, a dear a client who's become a dear friend of mine over the years. And uh, she's one of these people who really enjoys listening to audiobooks and, you know, books on tape and things like that. And so I said, well, you know, have you thought about giving podcasts a try? Well, what's a podcast? So we started to delve into it and, you know, there's lots of wonderful like NPR shows. I'm really fascinated with this one called The Hidden Brain. I use that as an example. Um, And, you know, there's all these just great shows. There's there there was a serial podcast, the S-Town podcast that were like stories. I mean, even they were true stories, but they were almost like in a way like a soap opera for your for your 
ears to listen to. You know, you could do these things while you're cross stitching or gardening or walking, you know, all these these things you can be educating yourself and kind of filling your your mind with knowledge about. But the barrier to get to this has been really frustrating. And so I set out to figure out why that is. And I simply sat down with her and, and several other people that I've been trying to show. I mean, she's not the only one. I've, I have kind of a list of clients that have, they either have asked me, you know, I heard about this in the news or a relative told me, you know, what is a podcast and, and how do I, how do I access it? And so we would sit down and I would watch them. I would kind of observe them and try to teach them how to use the, the podcasts app that comes from Apple, you know, because sure. it's just already installed on your phone. And I was really just like that, like I just got done telling you about that experience of setting up the Amazon device. It was one of those things, too, that I it just kind of breaks my heart watching people struggle with this. And I realized what happens is that the targets are so small and people kind of miss them. They kind of like overshoot or they just they don't tap long enough. And I realized that the interface is the problem is is one of these barriers to getting people to listening to podcasts because they're really difficult to maneuver. So I kind of went on this quest for this last year to try to find podcast interfaces that made more sense than than I mean, the one that Apple gives you it's basic. I'm not going to say it's great. It's very functional for people like us and people who know how to basically like operate a toaster and, you know, get let it get out of your way. It's fine. But for people who are new to using an interface and they're really trying to get in touch with things, literally um, using a touch surface can be a really tricky thing to learn about. So I set out on a quest to try to find better interfaces. And so that's why I've been evaluating all of these different apps. Mm -hmm. And in my presentation, I basically settled on what I'd call probably the top five. And so I started with the podcast app that, you know, like I just said, it comes built in. And then of course, you know, you've heard me talk about Castro. It's called Castro 2 now. And some interesting development on them. Uh, I had been listening to one of the things that I think is great about Castro is the developers, they, they walk the walk. They talk the talk. They actually have a podcast and they, you know, you can almost hear a little bit of how like the sausage is made in some regard. They talk about it a lot. They really care about their product. They really think a lot about all the details that go into it. And as far as the interesting development is concerned, I believe there's going to be some changing in the, in the price structure right now it's four 99. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has gone on sale. I've got, I've grabbed it on sale. Um, but they're talking about ways to keep their development sustainable, which I appreciate and I support. So if ever there comes a time where I have to throw more money at this, I probably will because Castro too has been, um, really my benchmark now as far as podcast apps are concerned because I have a certain criteria that a podcast app must meet. And one of those criteria criteria is, is the interface something that a, a beginner could understand and be able to work? And I like the design of it. I like that it's uh, you can change the contrast to dark versus light. All of those kinds of things right out of the gate speak to people who might have vision issues, who mm-hmm. might not be able to see very well. So I really like the uh, the detail that they put into that. And then um, downcast and overcast, I put those on the list as well. And the basic thing about those that I said was downcast. I know you love downcast and it's yeah. kind of like the big contender. I mean, most, most people that I have interviewed about it and talked about it when I say, what's your favorite podcatcher app? And downcast is usually one of the first ones that people mention. Most people have, have heard of it or they've used it 
or they're or they're using it. And so it's very popular. Um, the only thing about Downcast, well, not the only thing, but Downcast, what I basically explained to you is, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful app. I mean, it, it talk about details. It is super, super, you know, really granular and all the details and all the things that you can do with it. Not to mention the fact that it's it's on all the platforms. Um, they have a devoted app for the Apple Watch. They have a devoted app for the Mac if you want to do it that way. Right. And then it synchronizes through iCloud. So it's got all these wonderful features and you can create lists and you can, um, I think this is the one where if you are, say, like a Patreon supporter and you are, you've given you've been given a, a login, you can listen to podcasts that way. Right. I think it has one password in integrated support for it, all these wonderful, wonderful things that are like way overkill for a beginner. So that was my thing. You know, it's just, it's just too much. It's too much to try to learn. There's like a huge learning curve. And then after that, I talked briefly about overcast and, um, one of the great things about giving these presentations is there's always going to be, you know, the hive mind, there's going to be people in the audience that have used it. And so someone, there was a part where someone asked a question about being able to manually paste in a URL that you've been, you know, copied and pasted. And, you know, we learned about that right on the spot where that was located. Um, and then he also showed me like how he makes lists with it. And, you know, I like overcast it's, it's free. It's like a, there's no barrier to entry. You don't have to pay for it up front. Now it's ad supported, but the ads aren't like completely horrible either. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty much a no brainer as far as, you know, if you want something that's still free or that you can pay for, you know, better features, then overcast is the way to go for when you want something more than just the podcast app that comes with the phone. Um, but it's again, for a person the type of clientele that I'm working with that are just beginners that don't want to be overwhelmed with all the features. It's still a little bit overwhelming with all of the other stuff that they could get themselves in trouble with. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll stumble on something or they'll tap on something and then they'll, then they'll be overwhelmed and freaked out about, well, how do I get back? You know, and it's just kind of hard to describe. And then the last one that I want to go into that I just, I got to tell you about that we'll be talking more about this in the next episode is called outcast and this is um this is kind of like a new thing this is a little bit of a new frontier this one is specifically for your apple watch now there is an app that you you purchase it from the app store on your iphone just like any other app but it doesn't really do anything else like it just gets on your iphone and then from there it's what installs the Outcast app on your Apple Watch. And then basically, very basically, you know, before we go into details about this later, um, it makes it so that you can download episodes one by one onto the hard drive of your Apple Watch. And so now what's really great, well, that was the other thing I was going to, I'll tell you now and I'll write it down later. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about my iPhone. I'll talk about this more later, how I put a lanyard on it. Because I like to listen to podcasts. And if I go into another room, my Bluetooth earpiece cuts out. So I've just been wearing my phone. Well, with Outcast, it's kind of liberating now because I don't have to wear my phone. I can just play it directly from my Apple Watch. So that's just a teaser. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. You're going to have to tune into the next episode to hear us talk about that in more detail. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. But right. I, I did it. I gave my presentation. No, it it, it w- was well received. Um, people had lots of questions. So hopefully they're more informed and they'll they'll come back and, and subscribe to our podcast and, and other podcasts and get a wealth of information. No, yeah, we'll definitely uh, – uh, anything we've talked about, I'll be in our show notes and uh, 
a lot of, a lot of there are a lot of great uh, a lot of great podcasting apps podcasts apps I should say podcatchers podcatchers <laughs> yeah lots of terms to that so no thanks yeah. thanks for your review of that and um, like I said I wish I was there to see it I'm sure it was great um, but it sounded great <laughs> <laughs> all right um, moving on uh, we talked we touched a little bit about this app uh, and and the, the, this news article on this uh, related to the Google's uh, Google's um, arts and what is it called. <laughs> The uh, the arts app was it the, the Google's the uh, it's the art culture? and culture that's app it. yeah that's a mouthful and, I'll say that then, ten times real and fast you, and you started asking me okay well did you did you do your art uh, your art selfie well yeah we were gonna talk about world, this and I was like the whole world well, is like if we're gonna do this we I, need to like take our selfies I, right I, I, I and so I'm like is, oh I have to go put my makeup on I gotta go put my <laughs> eyeliner on I'm not just gonna like you know I'll end up looking from so, like something from the you know rogue like I don't know gothic period or something <laughs> so I was all ready to do this and I asked you about it, and you're like. Nope, can't do it. So yeah. tell us why. Yeah, and I, and I know this topic is probably oh so thirty days ago because I think I haven't <laughs> seen any more of these posted lately. But for some reason, there's, there's two, a hot fad. There's two it? states in the, the wonderful United States of America. One of them I live in, which is Illinois, and the other one is Texas. And for some, for, there is some some. There's no federal law saying they can't do this, but both these states uh, restrict the use of facial recognition technology and the collection of biometric data. So you got all the, you got, you know, seven, six to seven million people in the Chicago area where I live that can't do this. Well, of course, the entire state of Illinois can't uh, and not be able to do their, their, their selfie of what they, who they look like as far as an art artist. Um, And I was bummed. I wanted to do it, but I can't do it because I live So what happens if you try it? This is what I'm curious about. Now I did, I did stop when, when I saw someone post. And I and I can't remember who it is, so I apologize for not being able to give right. credit where credit's due. But someone did say, you know, great. Now Google has everyone's everyone's selfie. Like, I mean, right. they did already. But I mean, let's face it. I mean, this is a very you know poised selfie. It's it's like it's like I don't know giving it your driver's license photo kind of sorta. And and when they said that, it gave me pause. Like I was about to do it, and then I thought. I don't know how I feel about it anymore now. So, so what happens when you when you go to do it? It doesn't work. Like, what's what's it, stopping it you? It doesn't show it. I mean, there are there was an art, another article in here that I think some people were trying to use VPN. I actually tried to do that. It didn't work. So um, wait, you can't even install it? Oh, I can install the app. I just can't do the selfie part of it. It does everything else. So what happens? Do you get an error? Like, what does it tell you? There isn't any. There isn't a choice to go there to do it. I mean, I have wow. not able to find it anywhere. So it, that is so freaky. It's, it's completely I can't left believe. out. Yeah. Now, so how? So you've you've gone into the app store, and you probably told it to allow to view your location. I take it right. So the yeah. app store like knows where you live, because right. obviously you wouldn't want to go to like the UK app store, right? I mean, I don't. I never quite understood why they ask you that. Like I was just setting up my my son's phone, and I just did a fresh install on it, and. You know, one of the first things that you do when you go to sign into the iTunes and App Store, it asks you right. if it can have your location. And I always just say yes, because I always feel like that's probably a good thing. You know, I don't want to be redirected anywhere else. I kind of feel like it's a protection thing as well. I don't feel like many people feel I don't feel that that's a violation of my privacy. There are certain times when I think it's beneficial for it to know your location. Is that what is stopping the app from allowing that function at functionality yeah, to it goes it does location it's all hmm. it, 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 it's uh, actually there's a there's a link in the article that we're linking in the show notes from uh, dwight silverman of the houston chronicle that actually talked about how to get around this uh okay they're in texas of course and i'm here in illinois 
but it's basically saying you, know, you can launch if you have a VPN app. And I know that's the thing. And a lot of us probably have VPN apps that are installed on our iPhone. Uh, but if you do, I have an I mean I have a VPN service. Uh, there's um, uh, there's a bunch of them that you could do, and you can launch it, and uh, then would it, you be breaking the law if you did it? That's the thing. I mm. don't think so. Because what, mm. what happens if I travel to another state? You know, and then I mean, right. you, you obviously if you come it. visit me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can take selfies together. <laughs> we can go to Las so, Vegas again and, yeah. and take selfies in front yeah. of the fountain again. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so it's just very strange, very strange law. And Google actually gave into it. I mean, it's like, what, what are these two mm. states? Well, of course, you know, two of the bigger states in, in the country. So uh, they could have gotten into some some legal issues. But again, it's not a federal law. So I just don't get it. But uh, so are yeah. you tempted to do it? Have you tried circumventing it with your VPN? Just to I did see try if you it. Do it. I couldn't get it to work. So that's why. And I just saw huh. this, this link in here. I didn't realize this link was in here until I was reading through this article. We have linked to in Fast Company. Oh, yeah, um, I see it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I'll have to check that out and report back. Uh, you have to report back, so I'll have to stay tuned for the next episode to see if Dave you know. could break in the law, to... break in the law. No, we don't advocate breaking the law, but we do yeah. advocate tinkering and, and trying to explore your technology to get more in touch with iOS. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, I don't think we have to talk too much else about that. Uh there, uh, another article caught my eye that I thought was interesting is uh, Nuance. You know, Nuance big for the voice recognition software. Um, they also had a very popular keyboard app for the for iOS and Android. Actually, it was called Swipe S W Y P E. Oh. It's like it was a keyboard app, so you could do the swiping like you do on Android. You could do it on iOS. Well, I guess Nuance decided uh, after th- three years um, they dis- decided to discontinue this uh, gesture based uh, app. Uh, both both stores, both iOS and Android. Um, oh, that's a shame. I have it, but I, you know, I tried to use it and I just couldn't quite get into I, it. I couldn't get into it either. I never really, really, really couldn't do it either. Um, so the article does mention that they're not going to be offering it in the iOS store, but the, uh, but uh, they will. They want to concentrate more on uh, developing their AI solutions uh, instead of uh, this app. So, do they own Dragon? Are they? Yeah, yeah. Nuance is Dragon. Naturally speaking. Okay. Okay. That's so I've heard of that before. recognition software. So that, that's their. That's their bread and butter. Um, so, you know, I mean, this is a this is a relatively you know trustworthy company, but I still even like that like you know we were just talking about like that the Google selfie app I'll just call it that. Um, I ugh, I just I felt like somebody was watching me take a shower when I no. when I wanted to try to to use this keyboard because you have to give it explicit permission to basically like right. look at all of your all the stuff you're texting. You know, I mean, I'm not a bad person. I'm, I'm mostly a good girl. I, you know, I, I would like it if if Apple didn't constantly autocorrect my my ducking language all the time. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I, I'm not like, you know, giving out trade government secrets and things like that. Right. But it still doesn't mean that I really like the idea of giving my personal information that I'm texting to some server somewhere yeah, that kind of weirded me out. I always question. I'm not a, I was never a big user of any of these type uh, third party keyboards. Um, you know, for years, I, I was never had a third party keyboard. So they, they gave in many years ago. But uh, well, they're they're really really good breeding grounds for viruses and stuff yeah. like that, though. You know, I just I don't recommend them, not yet so, anyway. But there's other third uh, the, the closest one they said for other, the other third party iOS keyboards that are out there. SwiftKey, I've used that before. That's probably the closest of it of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gboard, which is a, a Google product, that that's another keyboard. Uh, Flesky, Flecky, uh, Flex, I got Flesk. I guess that's how you pronounce it. And uh, Grammarly, 
and there's others as well. So those were the, one of the ones that are mentioned. But I say SwiftKey will probably be your closest replacement if you were going to. You know, I do use Grammarly, come to think of it. I hadn't yeah. thought of that being one of those types of app that's that's submitting your information. But I really do want it to be spell checking the stuff that I am posting. So, I, it's you know, it's one of those uh, convenience over security kind of compromises that yeah. only you can decide what's right for you when it comes to these. Yeah, exactly. So that was a, another another interesting uh, tidbit that caught my eye this 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 going around here. So uh, let's uh, dig into some of the apps and gear we wanted to talk about. Uh, we'll start with the, the you you found of course because you don't get to use a fireplace because it's always warm where you are. <laughs> yeah, um, right. You you found a real fireplaces that's high def that work this, that uh, works on the Apple TV. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. I mean, we just celebrated Valentine's Day here, and uh, I we didn't really get to like celebrate, celebrate. I mean, it was all you know stuff to do with the kids and things like that. But there was actually a moment where my husband actually said to me, I guess it was one of those nights where it was kind of cold, and you know we're at that time of the year where once the sun goes down and there's like nothing to hang on to the heat, and it just it can get really really chilly. Yeah. And he said. I think he was getting ready to go do something before we had to go leave to pick up the kids. And, you know, we had like an hour to ourselves, which is so rare. And he even said, he's like, oh, I miss having a fireplace because he used to live in cold, colder regions where there was. Right. And I was like, aha, you know, it's like of all the things, you know, I felt like we we're having kind of a crappy Valentine's Day TVOS to the rescue. Yeah. And I waited till he was, he went outside the house for a little while and he came back and I had those, this real fireplaces HD app playing on the, on the Apple TV. And I could just see the stress kind of leave his shoulders. He was like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and again, another thing to stay tuned to something that I'm working on, I'm going to tease this a little bit now for the future is I do want to, even though this is an iOS podcast, it's still nonetheless, I mean, things that we can do with related technologies, and there are a, a couple of apps that I'm looking at that I'm evaluating. So if anybody yeah. has any other apps that they'd like to share for this purpose, but the apps that I'm looking at evaluating are for taking your TV and turning it into like a mood setting kind of a device, you know, like a fireplace or um, a painting gallery or something like that. So, so I just, I had some fun with that and I wanted to share that and there's a link to it in the show notes and I think it's on sale for like 99 cents yep. or something it's, like that. So go it's, check it out. It just got launched as I see here. So, um, cool. and the other one I, I kind of picked for you and yeah. I knew you'd liked it. So there, there was an article uh, on the digital story. That's uh, Derek story. Who's a real famous photographer and a great trainer train does a lot of, uh, photo training. Uh, uh, you see him on Linda.com and a lot of other places as well as, uh, other things relating to digital, uh, photography, um, repurposing your old iPhone into a security camera. I thought that was, uh, you know, I love how to repurpose yes, stuff. I can't, that's, that's I can't what, let anything go to I, waste. Why I picked it this week and I thought you would be the best person to tell everybody about doing this using an app called many thing. I'm going to have to check, check into this. So yeah, basically, you know, in its description, it says that many things stands for monitor anything and it lets you take an old iPhone or an old iPad, you know, they've got cameras in them and put this app on it and turn it into an instant home security camera. Or what I'm going to use it for is a puppy spy cam. <laughs> so I'm actually going to, I'm going to give this a try. I have a gorilla pod that I can use for a tripod 
And I'm going to try to use one of the kids' old iPhones that they just stay home anyway. And I'm going to try to set this up in the kitchen because that's where we keep Opal, our little puppy. <laughs> she's she's a good girl, but she's still very much a puppy. She's not quite a year old yet. So she could get into some stuff and, and really do some damage. So she has like a nice big area in the kitchen. You know, she's not like, you know, there's a crate there for her for her cave. But she basically has her toys and she has her snacks. And I, I you know, try to do things to entertain her. I will admit, I'll confess to you that there are times when I put music on for her before I leave the house. <laughs> I, I do repurpose an older iPhone and I just kind of, you know, let it play on. Um, that was, that was, that's probably how my HomePod would be put to use when I wasn't at home. I'd be playing music for my dog. <laughs> so, yeah, so this will be interesting. So I will have to report back on this. But, yeah, this very this looked really, really cool. I, I definitely want to look into this. Yeah, I was Are, looking, is it something you're gonna look into? Have you tried right. it yet? I don't have. I don't. You know me. I don't repurpose devices. I sell them. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I do have an iPhone SE I could play around with. But I was looking at the plans they have available. It looks like for, you could use one spare device as a many think camera, and it'll receive motion sound alerts and watch. And you can watch your camera live stream. It won't record or anything. But if mm-hmm. you want to add additional cameras, it goes anywhere between three ninety nine all the way up to twenty five ninety nine, depending on how many devices you add as well as how much cloud recording time you want. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. So it really just gives you some flexibility depending on what you want to do with it as far as, uh, recording. Yeah. But no, it's just amazing what these devices can do. And, uh, and this will work with both the iPhone and the iPad, which is cool. And say, so put it on a gorilla pod. That's perfect. And mm-hmm. you can set it up and just be monitoring a uh, little Opal there. Yeah. I've always been just kind of curious to see what she does. Well, I'm, I'm sh- I just tell myself she's sleeping, but you know, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what actually she's doing. And uh, so uh, the next app I wanted to talk about is, and an, an what caught who caught my eye on this is actually my our, our good friend Allison Sheridan from the No Silicast uh, on Podfeet.com. Podfeet. Hi, Allison. We love you, Allison. And uh, she did a great screencast online tutorial f- uh, for our other friend Don McAllister, who has screencasts online. And uh, if you don't don't know who he is, uh, go check out screencastonline.com because they do some amazing, amazing uh, screencasts that uh, Don produces as well as he's having. A, he's got a full crew of folks now, which I'm really lo- I'm loving that he's got. A, he's not doing it all himself anymore. So, uh, so this this app was called uh, Focus. It's a it's a it's a actually a camera app that works with the 7 plus the 8 plus and the 10 and uh what it does is it does allows you to to, to make adjustments uh of the uh the the actual background and the focus and the, and all this stuff it, it just it's just incredible and and what it really does is it does gives it allows you as long as you've taken pictures with the portrait mode on any of these devices again the 7 plus it's the 8 which i'm plus, addicted to and the 10 yeah and, and it the portrait mode is awesome because it's got all oh, i love it i mean Apple in itself has all these settings in here, but you, you wait till you get this app. I'm telling you, it's, I can't wait because I know you haven't grabbed it yet. So, um, it, it, it is free to, to, to play with, and it does have a lot of great features. And like I said, I, I would, I would highly recommend going out and watching, uh, even do the 14 day trial with, uh, uh, with screencast online to watch this app. It's worth it in itself. To check it out. Um, it, it does all kinds of different focus backgrounds. It'll, 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 uh, do a tilt around and allows you to make certain, make changes with the focus, um, you can blur the background. You can bring the background in focus. But the thing is, the photo had have ta- been taken in uh, in uh, portrait mode because it uh, it has to be in those eight. That's what the H E F H E I F format is. That the, the iPhone takes pictures in that format. That sa- saves all that metadata that this app can grab and get into and manipulate the, the different focus points. So I mean, just 
even um, she, she did a demonstration of taking a picture just like of a, of a cup or, or any t- a device. It doesn't have to, anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person. And I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. One of the coolest things I've ever seen for, for, for an app that does uh, in, in-app purchase. Now, when you, when you get to the in-app purchase, it does give you options for a lifetime and limited access. I did that. It's $9.99, which is, I think is, is, is pretty, pretty reasonable. And then we, and we'd hope to think that this app will be around for quite a long time. But it, it did add um, um, a, a two-hour trial, which I've never seen anybody with an app that, that charges for, you know, you know does in-app purchases allow you to be able to try the other features. Um, and there, there are different filters or different settings. There's all kinds of different things you can do on it uh, and make changes uh, to, to the photo if you for, for editing. But they allow you to do a two-hour trial and try it. And you know, if there's some photos wow, you want to do great. for that two hours and you don't want to pay for it, then, yeah, go for it. Um, they do have um, a monthly or a yearly subscription too. If you wanted to subscribe for ninety nine cents, and it would cover you for a month. If you felt you're only going to use it for a month, then then that might be good for you. Um, or there's a yearly, which is six dollars five ninety nine, or just a lifetime, and then you have it forever. Um, but I would highly recommend checking it out. I mean, the the iPhone, uh, the seven plus, the eight plus, and the the ten. Well, the ten, of course, does have probably one of the most amazing cameras there is, uh, and uh, it takes great pictures in portrait mode. And like, like you said, Melissa, the, the portrait mode on these the cameras are just awesome. Um, now tell me, can you use this while you're composing the shot or is this all post-processing? Post-process. Yeah. It's, it's all post-process. post-process. Yeah, okay. So. Cause one of the things that I do find a little bit frustrating about the portrait mode is that it's kind of like you end up having to do this kind of a cha-cha. You have to do this little bit of a dance. Like it says, get closer, get further away, get closer, get further away. <laughs> You're kind of like, all right, show me angry, show me happy. Like just show me anything until I get the little, the little yellow square to show up. And it's kind of like a video game trying to, to get these portraits sometimes, especially for, I mean, come on, I'm trying to take pictures of kids that are moving targets and my little, my little dog. And, you know, she's like, never quite looks at me unless I'm tempting her with food or just the right kind of food. And so it gets to be a little bit of a challenge. So this could be really, really great for those shots that I might want to just give like an extra punch to because I didn't quite get what I was looking for, but I got close. So I'm looking forward to that. I was just wondering if it made it any easier so that you had a little bit more control over that focal length that seems uh, to be elusive at times. I will correct myself. Um, Actually, no, it's it's pre-process or post-process. So you you can't open the app and take a picture in real time and then make the adjustments right then and there. Oh, that's great. Okay, that's a relief. I cannot wait to try that out then, because that, like I said, that's something that I struggle with. It is kind of elusive and, and this, trying to it, it get also, the target. And it also has a cool thing where, if you, for those of you who are really in photography, they have the different types of lenses. So if you can go mm. into, if you want to do a Zeiss, uh, Carl Zeiss lens, or if you want to do a Minolta lens, if you want to do uh, uh, all kinds of different types of lens, uh, uh, you know, because lenses you know, make make a difference in, in uh, the way a photo looks too. So they have all these lens filters which are great the aperture adjustment is, is amazing because you can you actually can go in and uh change the change the aperture from you know f20 all the way down to f1.4 uh, mm. um, so you can blur the, the background um real easily so um and uh it's it's pretty amazing and, and a lot can of you leave the can you leave the shutter open and get like fireworks and stuff i haven't tried that i haven't tried that uh but it does have all the other adjustments in here too so like it's got the uh you can, you, it shows the spectrum where you can go back and forth and look at the, the way the, the actual detail of how the, fo- the photo looks and you can, mm-hmm. you can pinch it in and out and see what's, what's in focus and what's not. Um, so it, it's a pretty powerful app and I was very impressed with it. Then 
Of course, when Allison talks about it, you know it's got to be good, <laughs> right? Uh, That's that is so cool. So, so yeah, just take take a check check that app out, and uh, and uh, I think you'll, you'll like it. Even if you don't want to spend for the extra features, free is always is always is always good. So. Well, and I like that it you know has a limited barrier to entry, so that you don't feel like, oh, do I really have to drop ten dollars just to find out yeah. if I'm going to like this? So I really appreciate it when developers take the time to yeah. give you that kind of tiered level of of access. Oh, That's great. So and then uh, the last app I'll, I'll touch upon before we wrap this up, uh, I found this app. Well, you know, actually the app I had was um, for those of you who use AT and T. There was a there's an app that you can download and get a service with uh, through AT and T called AT and T Call Protect. And what it does is it uh, it has a database that actually filters out all these gosh darn spammers that try. Mm. I, mean, I get them constantly. It's just oh, just, they're it's awful. It's just a pain in the butt. And, 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 and they're dangerous too because yeah, a lot of my be. clients fall for them and then they get hacked. Yeah, that and then you know the other the latest one is that they they, they hack your phone number so they they once they have a phone number that calls you so it's going to be your area code and the first your first three digits and then the, and then two more and you look mm-hmm. at it it's like oh that that number looks somewhat familiar because it's almost the same as yours so they're pulling that kind of stunt lately so um, the 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 back end of that, that that app was made by a company called Hiya H I Y A. And uh, they and I just discovered this app uh, a couple weeks ago. They actually have their own app that actually does a much better job of blocking it, as well as you could tell it because that's one thing that the AT and T app couldn't do. And of course, this will actually apply to all carriers, and I'm sure all the other carriers have it too. I'm just familiar with AT and T. Um, it, it allows you to customize a block list. It allows you to do some more comprehensive uh, spam protection. You could tell it to go right to, to to the voicemail, and that was the biggest pet peeve of mine with this call protector. It would still ring anyway and say. Uh, suspected spam, or it would say uh, fraud, fraudulent call, or scam or fraud, and it would, but it would huh. still ring, which would annoy me. It's like, well, I don't, the whole point of having this app is being able to block it. Right. So, so this app actually lets you go in there and actually change the settings and uh, and identify which calls you don't you want to block, and 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 if it's in the database, it, you won't even get the call, which is perfect. So, um, and the best part about it, it's free. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to have to look at this for my husband's phone because um, a long time ago when we first uh, decided to kill our landline, we didn't at the time want to lose our phone number. So we ported it to his cell phone because our our rationale for doing that, I mean, I'm the one that's kind of home more that would take those kinds of calls. But when he's away at work teaching, he usually just keeps his phone in his pocket and he has it on do not disturb and I think he keeps like maybe the mute button on so that if I call, at least it won't ring his phone, but he'll feel it vibrate. And then he can see because I, you know, I don't call him unless it's like super important or like at the school calls or something like that. Right. But the unfortunate consequence of making that choice, though, at the time was that his phone was going to get all the robo calls and all the scammers and stuff. And, you know, for a while there, we tried making a block list and, you know, oh, my gosh, there was a time when. I mean, I really, really advocate for people donating blood, which he does, but then it was getting to be relentless. And then like, you know, all these people with these burner phones were like calling him and it's like, oh my gosh. So we, we made like a block, a block list that we called vampires (laughs) because it was just getting to be way too much, you know? So now, I mean, they've now since changed it. It's it's great because now he can use an app and he can, you know, opt in and and make the calls and, and that sort of thing. So it's been wonderful, but yeah, they can be really just really vicious with, with these, you know, it's automated, it's robot. Well, it's not it's, even like real people that crap. are doing it. It's crap. So, yep. but, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, the last app. Great tool. To talk about it. And uh, before we wrap this up, I just wanted to mention that um, I, I I always have been getting lately, and I'm I'm loving this because I mean obviously we know people are listening to this podcast, and I can't and listen I can't 
thank you enough for listening because we really enjoy doing this. But uh, I have a, you know, a couple of my coworkers in the last couple of weeks of, of, of uh, came, come up to me and mentioned to me that they, they've been listening and they really enjoy uh, listening. And I think one of them said to me that he does it on his commute from work and listens. And I was like, oh, that's great. I love that. That is great. And, and another one said to me in passing, he said, so, yeah, I got you queued up in my podcatcher and I listen to you guys all the time. And I told him, oh, our new episode's recording. So, uh, Adam, I'm giving you a shout out for saying that. I appreciate that. So, I mean, just keep listening. We really, really, really love to hear hear that you're that you're uh, listening to our podcast. And if you can, leave us, leave us some comments. We'd love to either email us at uh, feedback at InTouchWithIOS.com for your comments. But we'd love to also, if you could make comments on in, on iTunes, uh, go out to the iTunes uh, and uh, and leave some feedback and let us know. Uh, so that, that shows up in our ratings. Uh, we would love to hear you from that as well. So just want to Yeah, there's that. also Twitter, there's Facebook, Twitter, lots Facebook. of different ways yeah. to get at us. We've, we've, we talk about it a million times, but I just wanted to mention that, just that those two specific instances, and I appreciate you guys still listening. No, I think uh, we should tell you, add like a little segment at the end where we thank the people that have yeah. that have written to us. So I think that'll Absolutely. be great. I'm, I'm excited for that. So let's uh, well, let's get some more people writing in so we can give you a little shout out towards the end. Give us a shout out. We really appreciate it. And thanks for listening. And uh, uh, with that, why don't you wrap us up? Let us look. All right. So I'll, I'll put a bow on it for us and I'll, I'll tell you that, that we say thanks for listening and we hope you're more in touch with iOS after hearing this episode. Subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher and show your friends how to find us on Apple Podcasts on the Google Play Store, and on Stitcher Radio. We look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm Melissa Davis, and you can find me online all over at The Mac Mommy. And I'm Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. So stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes, and thanks for listening.